Welcome to Podcast Ed, the podcast of reimagineonline.org, sparking the evolution of education choice. In this episode, senior writer Lisa Bowie chats with Michael Bonick, an elementary teacher at Florida Virtual School, who uses music and storytelling in all his lessons to engage his students and improve their ability to learn important concepts. Today, we're delighted to have Mr. Michael Bonick, an elementary school teacher at Florida Virtual School. It's the state's largest online school. Mr. Bonick uses music to help break through the online barriers and bring lessons to life and create a fun and positive learning environment for his students. Uh, welcome, Mr. Bonick. Thank you very much, Lisa, for having me. And it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, appreciate everything you do as well, Lisa. Love your informative podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, let's start by telling us, our audience, a little about yourself. Um, what subjects, grades do you teach and how long have you been teaching and was teaching uh, where you always wanted for yourself? What, what drew you to teaching? Great questions. Um, I've been teaching for about 22 years. Um, loved every minute of it. And I truly have. I mean, as we all know, as teachers, uh, it can be stressful at some times, but it's a good stress. It's a creative stress. And the best part about it is you get a reward for your creative stress because when the kids and the students learn and they succeed and they love everything that you're creating, um, that's the reward you get. Um, and I uh, started out as a teacher for one reason. I always wanted to teach. Uh, even when I was a little kid, when I was, um, I, I grew up in a family of five children so it was before cell phones, before iPads, before everything that kiddos nowadays occupy themselves with, right? So we had to actually uh, use our imagination. And I would always envision myself as a teacher in my sister's room, my two sisters, my brother, and they were the students. Uh, and then it just morphed. Um, my mom was a preschool teacher um, and my two sisters became teachers. They still are today. Um, my other uh, sister is a doctor uh, and she's a principal at a school. So it's definitely been in the blood of the family to teach. Um, so that is, it just became natural to me. And then eventually when I went to college, I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey. Um, and I just took classes that steered me right to the education field. And um when I got out, I became uh, a teacher in New Jersey at the pre-K level. And if anybody wants to start as a teacher, I suggest doing it at the pre-K level because all of your tools are utilized. Creativity, love, patience, um, trying to inspire, uh, also trying to get the students uh, to comprehend and actually sit still. And if you're able to do that, you can accomplish any grade. Um, and I got to admit, Lisa, the, the first day, it's so funny. The first day that I taught, I was at the pre-K school and we had lunch and I walked out and I was like, okay, are you going to walk back into that classroom? And it was one of those defining moments because it was, you know, I was a first day teacher. So you could just imagine we all have our stories. Right. And um, I, I said, go back. It'll be the best decision you ever made. And it was, it has been for 22 years. Um, and again, I cannot, first and foremost, I want to say 
the theme of this today for me will be that it is not me. It is the students. It is the families. It is my colleagues. As we all know, it's all about teamwork and collaboration. And uh, if I didn't have any of those uh, ingredients to help me create lessons, um, then I wouldn't be successful as a teacher. Well, you sound like you really love what you do. And that is just terrific. Now, somewhere along the line, in in addition to just teaching, you started taking music lessons. Yes. Um, So tell me about that. What what instruments do you play? Well, I started out, my dad had a great idea. A little quick story. When I was a child, I had a brachial plexus injury. And what that is, is um, it's like a paralyzation of your, it's paralysis of one of your limbs. And it happened to be my right arm. And uh, my dad knew that I was, I had a love for music. So he suggested I, I learn the saxophone because if you can picture the saxophone, your right arm rests on the bottom. So you don't have to lift it up. Now, you know, true to form as a seven-year-old child, I wasn't the most motivated. So, you know, uh, I love my dad for trying to motivate me to do that, but I just wasn't able to do that. Uh, and it was just because of me. Um, but my love of music always was there. Eventually, as I got older, I picked up the guitar, I picked up the piano. And the reason why I picked up the guitar, because it was a challenge for me. It wasn't easy because I had the brachial plexus injury. I had the, the inability to strum normally as other guitar players. It was a challenge for me. And I thought to myself, always thinking in the back of my mind, not being a teacher yet, but always thinking, you know, if this is successful for me, I am going to become a guitar teacher because I could teach other students who don't have this ailment that are getting frustrated. They could look at me as inspiration. Um, So I didn't take lessons per se. Um, I kind of picked it up on my own, which was another thing that I thought was great as well, because I had a, a really great uncle um, and we had talked before um, about South Carolina. He was from North Carolina and he's Uncle Frank. And he always told me his motto was, how bad do you want it? And um, I wanted it really bad. And I learned how to play on my own. And I thought to myself again, thinking, I guess, foreshadowing. If I, I didn't know I was going to be a teacher, become a teacher at the time. Um, but I always thought, well, if I have this ailment and I could succeed and I teach myself, and I build my confidence, that could also transfer to students as well. And uh, lo and behold, I mean, as you know, life puts us where we need to be. A couple years later, I did become a teacher and uh, the, the guitar did come with me. Um, it was perfect for pre-K, especially at times of when they weren't sitting down. And, you know, I mean, what do you get? Five minutes if you're lucky for the students to be uh, totally um motivated and, and ready to learn. And then uh, if, if things would go out of whack, we would, uh, you know, pull out the guitar to make them, um, you know, have fun learning, but also moving around. And then that also clicked as well. I thought, you know what, I've, I heard about kinesthetic learning and how moving up and down and co- not constantly being in movement, but having movement in the class helps the blood flow, which helps the brain work better. So as I went through the ranks 
from pre-K to kindergarten to first grade to elementary uh, to the older kids as well. I always used it, music, because um, one of the things that hinders children is that they do not move around. And that um, if you do incorporate kinesthetic learning, they have a chance to move around and they don't just sit there. So they have to be motivated and they have to be engaged. And that's, as we all know, being motivated, engaged, and participating, those are three tools that will help comprehension for sure. Do you read music? The way I speak Spanish, un poquito. So, yeah, just a little bit. And Lisa, uh, we had talked before about some of the music that we like. Um, I, When I was learning guitar, I did jump full-fledged in. Okay, I'm going to learn to play guitar, and I'm also going to learn to read music. But then I came across Mr. Paul McCartney um, of the Beatles and huge fan of the Beatles. And he said, yeah, so Lisa, he does not know how to read music at all. And I said to myself, okay, you know what? He did pretty well for himself, not learning how to read music. Not only that, but he wrote the most incredible, inspiring songs without it. And I said, wow, okay, so maybe I could get a chance to do something like that too. And also too, when I did pick up guitar, it was a little later. So I was like, you know, hmm, I wanted to get the ball rolling in terms of a career. And if it was going to morph into teaching, um, I wanted, I didn't know exactly where it was going to go, if I was going to become a music teacher. And uh, so I kind of just learned to play on my own because I had to go over that hurdle of first learning how to play with my brachial plexus injury for my arm and then also learning to play on my own, then I was like, okay, I don't know if I have time to learn how to read music, so let's just see where this takes me. And uh, then again, a couple of years later, I became a teacher. Personal experience, like uh, outside of music, but just in regular school. Did you struggle in school as well? Yes, ma'am, I did, and it was uh, it was unfortunate. I, um, you know, it was it wasn't all me. Um, there was. Unfortunately, some negative experiences with teachers that I had. Um, And, you know, it was a different time. Um, I'm a little older. So back when I was a kid in school, if you had um, difficulties, there wasn't many resources. And you were sort of just determined as somebody or you were, I'm trying to think of the word, you were kind of pegged or labeled as a certain student. And that was it. They just moved on. And... um, when I would go back, it's so funny now that I'm thinking about it. When I would go back, when I'd mentioned when we would do some imagination playing at home, I would always be the teacher who would sit down and talk to that struggling student, which is funny. I'm just thinking about that now. Um, so then, of course, obviously, when I became a teacher, one of the first things I wanted to make sure was that I was going to teach the whole child. I was going to teach the whole student, that it wasn't going to be just Okay, how are they performing in class? Even if they were doing great, I wanted to know what was going on at home. I wanted to know what was uh, making them tick. And the way I did that was from day one, once the parents came in and uh, either if you're in a physical school setting or if you're teaching virtual like I do, day one is always important because you wanna cement and create that team aspect. Because again, like I mentioned in the beginning, I could be, you know, 
however, whatever kind of teacher, at the end of the day, it's the team that brings it home. It's the students and it's the families that buy in to the successful journey, right? And if they don't do that, um, then I'm nothing. And um, so I've been very, very lucky to have families who have bought into, you know, I, I, email, I email them with the team concept. I always say like team, whatever grade I'm in at the time, team kindergarten, team first grade, team uh, 10th grade, 11th grade. And they, you know, they, parents seem to like that because I'm a parent as well. And I like that. I like to know that, you know, we're together, the teacher and I, to get my, I have a son and a daughter, a daughter. So we're together to get them to where they want to be. And I want to do the same thing for my families as well. Did you use music to help you manage, get through your own education growing another, up? Another great question, Lisa. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, and you're, it's funny. These questions are making me think back. Um, any struggle that I had, be it reading. So reading, uh, you have to do your letter recognition, your letter sounds. You have to know words. You have to know what they mean. You also have to have inflection in your voice when you're a reader, right? You have to be energetic. Um, punctuation dictates that, right? When you see a sentence with an exclamation point, you're going to read it with a lot of energy. So when I started, I was having problems. And, I, you know, my parents, they were great, but they worked. You know, you know, back in the day, that's the way it was. So you were kind of left on your own. If you luckily I had older siblings, so my sister and my brother would try to help me. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you were sort of left on your own. And I jumped into music because I would. And it's so strange because what, you know, younger kid does this. But I would um, try to find out because back in the day, the kids who are if they're listening are probably like, well, what's he talking about? Well, back in the day, you wouldn't get an MP3. You would actually get a full album of all these songs. And if you were lucky enough, you would get the lyrics in them. So I learned my how to read from reading some of the lyrics to some of my favorite art, artists, the Beatles being one of them. And the greatest thing about the Beatles was they wrote these great, um, long-lasting, simple songs so the words were very easy to read. So I would see them. I would look at the words and I would, what would you do back in the day before the internet? You would go to the dictionary. <laughs> I'm really showing my age now. So, you know, you would look up the word and see what it meant. And then the, the golden ticket would be that you would have a story that you were assigned in class and that word would come up that you learned from the song. And then there is that how music would help. And then also, too, with math, because I keyed in really early on to know that there are different time signatures in music. You keep the beats for different time, be it like 4-4 four, four time or 6-8 time. There's so many different times. So I learned to actually count with music. One, two, three, four, learning the numbers and what they were. Now, I don't want to paint a picture that nobody helped me. My parents helped me whenever they could. My, you know, I did have some good teachers who did help me as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, when I knew that I needed education, so I would always do this on my own time. Um, and music was such a help. Um, and then, you know, with social studies and science, depending on what artist, 
they would, and depending on what song, there were so many different types of themes in the song that, uh, you know, somebody would talk, sing about a song about a, another place. Like Billy Joel was notorious to sing about New York songs. So I would take a trip to New York, you know, and go into the uh, encyclopedia. <laughs> you know, I'm really dating myself. <laughs> and go learn about New York, you know. So, um, but again, if you think about it, the dictionary and encyclopedia same as the kids today. They could do the same technique and just obviously hop on Google and you'll have it at your fingertips or ask Alexa. I think a lot of us uh, in our age group learned a lot from schoolhouse rock music. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, that's great, Lisa. Absolutely. Yep, for sure. So tell me what a typical classroom session like for you how does how does that go how do you incorporate music on a daily basis um well what i do i I don't um right away when the kids come in or the students come in we start out by just a usual greeting uh it's not like as soon as they come in it's like okay let's jump around let's do this let's do that obviously the one thing i learned early on is that you have to model for the students they have to know what is going on in your class and if they do know, nine times out of ten, they'll follow that. Usually the, the kids who kind of go off the railroad tracks a little bit, it may be on you that you didn't model exactly what's expected of them, right? So I always try to let them know what's going on. And then, you know, you know right, you'll know right, you notice right away that there are some students who are reserved, some students who are on it. So the students that are on it, you try to – or are motivated more, you try to incorporate them to, you you use them and highlight them on something that they would answer, be it in math or any kind of subject or uh, reading or English or or language arts, sorry, and uh, science and social studies. And then what you would do is you would create a song. Like if there was um, a student, uh, I'm trying to think of a name, like uh, Angela, okay? Or Lisa, like your name, Lisa. I would be like, Lisa is so likable and she's super smart. So then we would talk about likable. What does likable mean? And then, so now that student who is really motivated and confident, right, is used as as an example for the student who is more reserved because now they have time to see, wow, that is so much fun. I want a song written about me. So Lisa, who is likable, not only has her confidence built even more, but now we go on to, okay, what's likable? What does that mean? Um, What type of, uh, is it a noun? Is it a verb? Is it an adjective? Can you use it in a sentence? Uh, Again, another golden moment would be if we're reading a text and that that, um, word comes up. Hey, likable and likable Lisa will raise her hand and say, hey, likable, that's they make a connection, right? Text to self. That's a big thing when you come when you're learning how to read. You want to make a connection between the text and yourself or a connection from text to text. So that helps with comprehension. So now that student who's reserved is waiting like, oh, I can't wait to pick. I can't wait for Mr. Bonnet to pick me versus. Back when I was a kid, I would dread 
to be picked because I wouldn't want to have, you know, be some sometimes, you know, you were placed in a negative setting where, you know, you would be made an example of. And I never would want to do that to a student. And I love when that reserve student raises their hand and right away it's like, oh, all right. So uh, there's a student like um, I'm trying to think um, awesome Abby. OK, like uh, we had a student who was very, very reserved when I first had her and um, she had to be brought out of her shell. And I would constantly sing to her about awesome Abby, how great you were, how how uh, what a great answer it is. And how I would always one other thing I would do, Lisa, is I would ask her to help me. That was a big thing. Let them own the teaching moment. That builds their confidence even more. And then it just became awesome Abby and she just lit up. And from then on for the rest of the year, she was awesome Abby and she was participating without any prod, without any push at all. And, um, you know, those kind of transformations um, are so helpful because at the end of the day, a song, yeah, it's a lot of fun and it makes for a different lesson, but you want the student, one, comprehending, and two, you want them to move on to the next level and be ready for the next level. So that's always helpful. Getting results. How do yes. you measure that? Is it your test scores or other methods? Yeah, absolutely. So in the virtual world, we have what is called digital-based assessments. So we meet the, the student at uh, different points within the segments. And we go over all of everything that's covered in the modules in their in their curriculum, right? So you will see right in the beginning, you'll have your students and just like in the regular school setting, you get to see who, who what kids are flying high, right? So you're, I also believe in differentiating instruction as well. So you want to, the kids who are flying high and motivated, you wanna keep them there and strive to make them even better right so a song for them say for likable lisa we would move on to other adjectives verbs and nouns that we can incorporate to build that learning foundation for them and then also for awesome abby as she's growing slowly incorporate the same thing for them and um really the the whole method to the whole music madness is you want to see that they started somewhere in the beginning of the year and by the end of the year, they are exactly where they need to be to not only move on, but also succeed at the next level. And that's the big thing. And for me personally, to check in with them along the way, I always want them to know, because in the virtual world, right, we're not always together. But they know and their parents know that Mr. Bonick is always around and ready to help them. And I am just a product, if I may say, of everybody here at Florida Virtual School, because that is the way everybody is. And that's not just lip surface, because uh, I have learned these methods uh, being a Florida Virtual School teacher, because everybody here is so collaborative. We get together as teachers as well. And we say, Hey, what can help our students? This is what works for me. This is what works for me. And that is a great uh, teaching environment to be part of as well. 
Are there any differences that you incorporate to adapt to teaching in the virtual world as opposed to if you had your guitar sitting in person? Uh, you know, that another great question, Lisa. That is great. Um, it's funny because I've been a kinesthetic teacher pretty much since I started, right? So even in a physical classroom setting, I always had that up and down movement um, wherever and whenever. It wasn't all the time, similar to the virtual school. It, it, it isn't all the time, but it's sort of like um, a treat in a way, a sort of an extension to a lesson, if you will. A lot of the teachers love when they create lessons and the students are so involved that you get to extend it and the learning extends even more, which of course incorporates more comprehension. And that's what music is for the kids because they have a melody, right? They have um, something that they can remember and sing. And nine times out of 10, the biggest kick that I get is that they are singing the song at the end of the class. Or I get an email from the parent or uh, a text from the parent saying that, oh, you know, they learned that math problem because of the number song that you came up with. And, you know, it's like you, when you're writing these songs, you never know if they're going to, uh, if, so, if a student's going to like it, and especially the older kids. But uh, the older kids love it as well. I do a, a lot of DBAs for the older kids, and they love to have a song with their name in it. And um, just a little, whatever little treat that you could do for the kids. And again, to go back to all the teachers that I work with, some of the brilliant things that they do, which isn't music motivated, that I learn from um, is incredible. That, you know, the theme for me is always to just talk about Florida Virtual School and its teaching environment and its learning environment, because both are so fruitful if you're a teacher here or if you're a student. Because some of the things that I see from my colleagues are just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just happy to be part of the team for sure. That is great. So do you have any students who really love this this music and say, hey, I, Mr. Bonnick, I'd, I'd love to learn how to play? Oh, yeah. Lisa, another great question. Yeah. Um, now, I've been here for, you know, I've been teaching for 22 years. So with that, you get to run into, and every teacher can relate to this. You're out and about with your family, and you run into somebody who just knows you, but uh, you haven't seen them for, you know, 10, 15 years. And they're a lot older than they were when you had them in the class. Um, and they come up to you and they say that music, your music helped inspire me to become a musician or to become a teacher and incorporate music of my own as a teacher and it or um i became i had a love for music because of my introduction into your classroom and it's helped me study or it's helped me um overcome a learning obstacle just like you told me because another thing lisa too along with the music i have a mantra and I learned it going back to what I was talking about in the beginning of when I had the brachial plexus injury, I had learned never to give up. And just real quickly, when I first had the injury, I went to a rehabilitation 
and I felt sorry for myself, right? So I go to rehab and um, physical therapy, and I see a, a same age student, uh, boy like me, but he had no arms, literally had two hands coming out of his um, shoulders, and his legs were deformed. And he rode his bike, he played basketball, he played football, and I was like, whoa. Okay, the pity party, the one day pity party is over for me. And I always said, you know what? No matter what, you're never going to give up, whatever you accomplish. So that's um, one mantra that I always have never give up, never say you can't, and never give up. Um, so, you know, those are the, those are the things that my students have taken away along with the love of music. And again, at the end of the day, if I'm able to instill to them that, you always have to work hard. You always have to be the best that you can be and um, never give up and never say you can't. Then, you know, job is a successful. Uh, it's successful doing it that way. And you your work has uh, attracted attention from a celebrity and you have a celebrity story. Yeah, Tell us about that. Absolutely. I love telling this story because, again, this is an example of what I had mentioned in the beginning, that it's really the students and the families uh, that are the real superstars. Now, back in the pandemic, when the pandemic first hit us, I was in a kindergarten setting. So we had all been told that we have to go virtual, right? So I was like, wow, how am I going to do this, right? My first time. And again, that mindset of like, let's learn, let's figure it out, let's make it happen, right? Life, what's another saying? Life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? So I wanted, I was like, okay, well, I have the music. We could definitely incorporate that. That's going to be perfect. So as I'm trying to figure out all these um, developmentally appropriate lessons for the kids, um, Bon Jovi, the celebrity, the rock star, the Hall of Fame rock star, um, he had come out and he probably had the same sort of thinking. He knew that everybody was at home at the time and he wrote a song and he said, um, I would love for all, anybody to write the second verse to this song. He wanted to know what people were going through in the pandemic. Now, at the time, one of our writing themes was write about what you're doing at home and what is going on in your life. So I was like, wow, this would be really cool to incorporate to the kiddos because we had, we learned about Bon Jovi because of course, you know, I try to incorporate music um, because especially with elementary five and six year old kids to teach them how to write, you got to pull out all the tricks, right? So one of the things I did was I introduced them to Bon Jovi because at the time he had just become he just got uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. So they were having a hard time writing. So, again, incorporating the aspect of writing as a musician, I showed them that he probably, too, at one point did not want to become a writer. But once he got into it and really worked really hard, look how far it took him. So then. You know, we go on through the year and then the pandemic happens. And then all of a sudden this Bon Jovi thing happens. It's like it's most it's meant to be that what rock star, first of all, shows what kind of person he is, what a great person, what a great heart he has, that he would actually allow his fans to write the second verse of the song. So make a long story short, I show the video to the kiddos 
and you know it clicks with them like hey this is bon jovi this is who we're who we learned about in the beginning of the year so i didn't think anything of it i'm like okay let's see what they write and what they hand in to me right so lisa every single kid and i'm not exaggerating we had 20 or so students at the time they took to it so phenomenally i was floored they're writing not, not only were they writing complete sentences now as l as elementary student uh, teachers can relate to it's always huge to have the capital letter the spacing and a complete sentence and not only just one but a couple and that is always huge especially for five or six year olds lisa they did it they brought it back and i was amazed and i just said you know what how can i reward them and i was like and not only them but also how can i like just show how Mr. Bon Jovi how I appreciate it. Don't ask me how. It was again going by the mantra of never giving up, never say you can't, right? That's ingrained in me. So I just turned over every stone that I could. And lo and behold, uh, after like 50 zillion emails and trying to do so much research, I was able to locate his Mr. Bon Jovi's assistant. And who, who was also great as well. Sorry, my phone was going off in the background. Um, he was awesome as well. And uh, he had gotten in touch with me. And I had sent him a few examples of what the kids wrote. And I just merely said, hey, I just want John Bon Jovi to see how he is ex inspiring the youth of America uh, to uh, the future youth to follow in his footsteps and just whatever they turn out to be. Um, just to do the best that they can, because the name of the song was uh, uh, "You Can Do What You Want." You can something like uh, "Do What You Can." Do what you if you can't do what you want, do what you can. That's what it was called. And um, so, lo and behold, a couple days go by, and uh, the assistant gets back to me and says, "Not only is John Bon Jovi impressed with what your students do, but he wants to surprise them." Uh, at their podcast. Now, I apologize for being so long-winded on this. Um, I just wanted to get every at, uh, ingredient into the story because I just want to convey how awesome Bon Jovi was. Because now, Lisa, he comes to surprise the students at, at our virtual classroom. And in New Jersey at the time, he's having storms, like torrential downpours and thunderstorms, and he gets knocked off. The internet knocks him off. He comes back not once, not twice, but three times. Now, not only does he come back, but you think all he had to do was say, hey, you guys did a great job. Keep on doing what you're doing. Lisa, he doesn't do that. He takes the examples of the songs that I sent him. And in that second verse that he used, that he put out there for people to write the verse, he used their words. So he's writing their work like I learned how to um, – in the second verse of the Bon Jovi song, he's singing, I learned how to uh, ride my scooter. I learned how to become a better reader. Uh, some of the words, you know, some of the sentences that the kids were using to um, relay what was going on in their real life, what they were, they were following along with the assignment. And he was on for 45 minutes. He spent 45 minutes not only singing those songs, uh, using the kids' words, but also answering their questions and answering their parents' questions as well. And I was just, I mean, it just shows 
what type of person Mr. Bon Jovi is. I mean, I can't say it enough. I mean, people, all they have to see is what he does for his uh, soul kitchen. Um, he has restaurants all over the United States that allow people to eat for free when they walk in there. So another great example of how he is. So, uh, yeah, again, just a reward for the kids for all their work is to go back again. I keep going back to the kids and the families. If they don't participate, if they don't do the work, that doesn't happen, you know? And, uh, so again, I'm, I may create the lesson, but the kids and the families are the real rock stars. Wow. Well, I think you're a rock star too. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us. And I would like you to close us out by uh, singing us out of here. Would you do that? I would love to. I would love to. Let me get my guitar. Absolutely. I've been thinking of, um, this will give you an idea of like, how things work in the classroom. Cause sometimes you have stuff prepared, right? Like we all do, but like for awesome Abby um, or likable Lisa, you would probably have to create that song on the spot. So this is an example. So, you know, I wanted to talk a lot today about Florida virtual school and how, what a collaborative teaching world it is with all my colleagues and how the real stars uh, and our mission as teachers is to make sure that the students and the families always rule. They're the most important and whatever they need, we're going to attend to. So that's what I would do. So I would start off maybe and go like, can you hear the guitar? Yeah, that's great. Okay. In Florida virtual school, our teachers are creative and cool our students and families always rule you will love learning to always try your best at florida virtual school students families rule at florida virtual school we are here for you Florida Virtual School. Students, families rule. Florida Virtual School. Florida Virtual School. Florida Virtual School. Florida Virtual School. We love to teach you at Florida We love to teach you at Florida Virtual School.